you're listening to The Tech Box. Hello and welcome to episode 61 of The Tech Box. My name is James Honeyball and I've got with me today David Rich. Hi Dave. Hello, James. I tell you what, we're uh, we're doing well, me and you. Yeah. Gruesome twosome. How's uh, these nights drawing in treating you? Well, I performed the ultimate con this evening and managed to get the children in bed slightly earlier. Okay. So uh, I will pay for that in the morning, no doubt. Yes, that's right. Yeah, you put them to bed an hour early, they're just going to get up an hour early, aren't they? Hey, that's uh, future Dave's problem, not current. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So sit back, enjoy and relax. Have a beer. Yeah. Absolutely. Right, let's do a bit of history here. So, Bit of catch-up over the last show. Bit of catch-up from the last show. So I think both of us were fairly adamant that we wouldn't be getting this iPhone 12 because we both have iPhone 11 Pros. Yours was practically brand new. August. 22nd of August, in fact. Yes. So I've been, as predicted, I did not get an iPhone 12. We'll see about the Pro Max in the future because it's got a couple of bells and whistles, but I didn't get a... Uh, a normal iPhone 12 or a normal iPhone 12 Pro, but you sat there with like a couple of months old iPhone 11 Pro. What happened? Uh, well, I, I was adamant I wasn't going to get it. I was adamant there was no upgrade to be had here, um, but I got a 12 Pro anyway um, because, I don't know, it's been a tough year, hasn't it? What, 2020 and all that? That's it, yeah. You know, it's nice to be nice sometimes and... <sighs> I don't know, sat here now, am I happy? It's just like having the same iPhone, but we'll come to that. Okay, so let's get stuck into this. You went for the Pro. I did. So you got the shiny sides. I have, and they are shiny because I was in the Apple store, uh, Apple queue the other day, and uh, um, the day after launch, just getting a, a case, and uh, someone actually spotted it. I felt like a minor celebrity, James. They said, oh, is that the new 12 Pro, I said, oh, yes, you know, but I try to play it down. They were like, oh, it does look nice, blah, 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 blah. So I, I think the bling does give it away. Nice. But yeah, I, I did feel, uh, I felt special. I mean, that's why we all do it, isn't it? So we can go stand in queues on launch days and things like that and get noticed. I think that's a pretty interesting aspect of it, isn't it? Because the shininess of it is showy. Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like the normal uh, iPhone 12 has just got the, is it brushed aluminium or smooth aluminium finish? which is quite yeah. subtle. You know, I think everyone says that that's the one that they would want and they would prefer. But the Pro's got the stainless steel high polish bling in your face. So what colour did you go for? I went for graphite. So what, what shininess does that have around the edge then? Um, it is shiny. And um, you are right in what you say, you know, the whole stainless steel. I, uh, I held the iPhone 12 as well while I was in the, uh, in the Apple store um, with the purchase. And there is a marked difference. There really is. Um, okay, which feels better? I actually quite like the iPhone 12. It felt a lot lighter. It really did. Um, it's, it's, That's interesting. Yes, it is really hard to explain. Side by side, the iPhone 12 uh, felt a lot... Well, obviously, it's going to be lighter because of the aluminium, but it, it felt nice, actually. It, it did feel weighted right, like a nice watch or something. Yeah, it does make you question the use of stainless steel on a phone because mm. I know heavy equates to quality for a lot of people. But at the end of the day, we're holding these things possibly for a long time. Actually, would it be better just to have aluminium sides on all of the uh, iPhones and, and maybe differentiate the finish some other way? Yeah. Have you, have you seen some of the drop tests that they've done, though, with the aluminium, al aluminium or aluminium or however you want aluminium? to say it versus the... Yeah, versus the stainless steel. I haven't. Does the stainless steel hold up better, does it? It, it does, yeah. The the 12, the sides... So the screens are really, really hard, aren't they, with this ceramic coating or yeah. whatever they're calling it. Um, but the sides deform first. They do really take a chunk out. Um, Interesting. On the, on the iPhone 12 one versus the stainless steel. So you do have that impact impact protection. And I think, it, I think Gav said to me... Uh, he said, oh, it's good. that's going to show some scratches. Well, Gav, I don't think it's going to show scratches simply because it's that many fingerprints on it. Yeah. <laughs> You're never going to see the scratches. Literally, they are going to be absolutely covered. It is a fingerprint magnet. And that's the other thing, because if, if, if I were to get one, I quite fancy getting the white one. And I, I think that might look a bit much on the Max, because it's obviously a huge surfboard of a device, but mm. that would have the silver 
um, stainless steel effect on the outside, wouldn't it? Whereas I suspect your black one has got a slightly more smoky effect on the outside, is it? Yeah, so this, the the white one, in fact, doesn't have any colour. It's, it's just raw stainless steel. Yeah, yeah. Whereas I think, this, I, I can't remember what they call it. It's PV something, is it? Or I can't remember what the, what the technical term is, but the, the ones that are coloured are coloured, basically. And, but the, the silver one is stainless steel. So theoretically, if you were to scratch up the, the, the white one, you could sort of machine it down. Yeah, give it a bit of brasso. And you wouldn't lose anything because it is that pure... Um, sort of stainless steel but the, with the flat sides come the button shape changes yes they uh, they have changed um and i don't think you're going to notice the change dramatically if you're not using a case but certainly if you have a case on the cases feel a lot different this year certainly because just because the the buttons just seem so flush to the actual case ah okay i suppose actually Thinking about it, when we had the iPhone 5 and Co, those mm. buttons were fairly flush, weren't they? But then we weren't necessarily putting cases on much. Well, these are elongated, so they're, they're flush, but they're really long as well. It seems that they've lost a bit of the depth okay. because they've gone for length. I normally don't like it when a phone button doesn't press in satisfactorily. So it, 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 I would say it presses in exactly the same. However, when I mean depth, I mean sort of distance away from the side, if that makes sense. Yeah, so not yeah. when you push it in. So you could, if you were to rub your finger over it, you would effectively maybe feel more on the 11 series. Um, I mean, I think they still go in exactly the same. It's just not as reset. It's more recessed on the 12, if that makes sense. Mm. Because I think they've just elongated it. It's like they've, they've smoothed it over and stretched it out. Like a rolling pin, they've rolled out the button a little bit. Okay. And... What is the feel in the hand like? Because I heard uh, some people saying that it's uh, not actually as comfortable as holding the old one. So coming from the 11 Pro, it does feel a lot bigger. Um, and side by side, it because of the shape, and it is bigger, effectively. It is, there's no getting away from it. So I think it is thinner, but because it's curved on the 11 Pro, you don't necessarily feel it, but it, it does feel bigger and it certainly is heavy it certainly is heavy um i mean don't get me wrong you're not going to drop it there's not a chance that that's going to fall out of your hand okay so I, I, w- I wouldn't necessarily think that with the 11 pro i, I again I, I use them both caseless don't i so i have a case but just for certain use cases but most of the time they don't have a case on um and i never really and i didn't massively have a problem with the 11 pro but you would feel it, it did feel a lot more sort of slippery Whereas this, it's not going to go anywhere. Um, but then again, it feels like you're picking a book up, if that makes sense. Yeah. I kind of like the look of those flat sides, but the more and more people are talking about them uh, not being hugely practical worries me a little bit. It's odd how they've... I mean, they've gone back to it, haven't they, because of the iPad. But is the iPad thinner? Is The iPad must be thinner. Yeah, the iPad is super thin, isn't it? And yeah. I'm pretty sure it's it's comparatively light, the iPad Pro. And was the five series thinner? It must have been because I don't because they had the chamfer on, didn't they? So yeah, it, it must have been an illusion, even if not. I don't know. It just seems an odd design choice. It does feel like you could hit someone around the side of the head with it and do them some damage. Mm. Um, I don't know. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't dislike it, but um, I don't know. It's, it's just an odd choice. So what's the in, what's the ins and outs of it for you then? So I. I thought you might have bought your 11 Pro on the, um, you know, the Apple, what do they call it? Apple purchase plan or whatever. Um, But does this mean that you're going to lose money on this uh, 11 Pro? Yeah, effectively, I think. Yeah, I didn't get it on the uh, upgrade plan, though. Um, I I will lose money, but don't we all on everything that we do? Yeah, I suppose, yeah. But you're you're actually happy enough to keep it, though. Yeah, I'll I'll keep it. I'll keep it. I, I got the 11 Pro with it being my forever phone. Well, for two or three years, but I'm not like, I don't know, I'm not like the rest of the crew, I would say, where I go through a couple of Android, you know, phones every couple of months. Yeah. I literally probably buy one Android, uh, one iPhone a year. Although last year I had the 11, the 11 Pro, the 11 Pro Max, but effectively, let's just say I I buy one iPhone. You know, average it out over 30 years and you've only had one iPhone a year, yeah? Yeah, I, I stick to the iPhone, don't I? And... Um, I, I I won't get the Pro Max. I'll stick with the Pro because of the size. I won't go with yeah. the Mini. 
Um, oh, I had the iPhone SE as well, 2020, didn't I? So, I, you know, let's forget exactly everything I said about that. But, yeah. I, you know, everyone else loses money on Androids. I lose money on iPhones. But um, I don't know. I just... Uh, it's nice to treat yourself, isn't it? Sometimes, yeah, I suppose. It is, yeah, yeah. Especially now, as you say. What's the? So, did they have the minis and the maxes in the Apple Store yet, or not? No, they're not. They're not there yet. No, they just had the twelve and the twelve Pro. And I, I was chatting with the Apple genius, and he said he's he's waiting for the uh, the Pro Max himself. And I, I think probably a lot of people are. But I don't know. It's such a big phone, isn't it? Yeah, this is a dilemma, isn't it? Because they've put the slightly better camera in the pro max but then they've yep if everyone is slightly annoyed by the size of the normal 12 and 12 pro they're going to be bowled over by the size of the uh, pro max aren't they yeah i mean i always went for pro max when they used to have two cameras instead of one do you remember you used to get the better cameras i did as well yeah yep. yeah 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 i had the seven seven plus and the six plus and and it was, a, I wouldn't even say it was a compromise. I, I, because I got the Pro Max and I had them for year and year and year, I think I was more than happy, to be fair. Yeah. Just stepping down from the 11 Pro Max last year to the 11 Pro. And actually really, well, I tell a lie, didn't I? I went from the Pro Max to the SE 2020 and I liked the fact it was easier to hold one-handed with no case. And then I went to the 11 Pro and it was sort of a, a beautiful size. I don't I don't like it when they split the product range with better stuff no it's really annoying isn't it yeah having said that the portrait mode on the 7 plus and the well actually i would say that the the they said that they had ois on the 6 plus didn't they and could i tell the difference it was um i only had the 6 plus really to compare it to but with the 7 plus you ha- you know that portrait mode was a bit of a revolution at that point and uh, a revelation and I was so glad that I got that 7 Plus at that point to get yeah. all those portrait shots. So I think the 7 Plus was definitely the right call at that point, even though the 7 was a was a nice phone. But now, you know, it was really good for the last couple of years where the bigger one and the smaller one, on the Pro side at least, had pretty much the same specs in there. I don't think that there was any other difference. Resolution, battery, and that was about it. Yeah, I, I, I liked the battery. Um, because I, I think back then the batteries were poor on the smaller phones. Um, I don't necessarily think that, that is the case now. Um, do I do I value a camera, the camera and the photography that I do enough to have a phone that is slightly uncomfortable to use? It's it's like having a a big television and needing to move it around with you. Mm, if that makes sense. Mm, mm. Um, I the the photography that I take is of children running around. And as long as I've got a nice picture, portrait mode, I do like portrait mode, which I've got, um, then that that's more than good enough for me. And this it takes as good, if not better, photos as the 11 Pro. And I, I, I wouldn't get, you know, someone like Gav, yeah, he's going and he's taking pictures of all these scenes and, and things like that. F- fair enough. You know, that's your hobby. That's what you enjoy. But... I'm taking a picture of children running around with snot on their faces and stuff like that. It's it's only going to get so good, isn't it? Yeah. And and I think it's uh, it's it's good enough for me. I'm not shooting feature length films, or but it does have the HDR, which I still can't tell the difference. <laughs> this was an interesting one, wasn't it? The the inclusion of the uh, Dolby Vision HDR. Have you switched that on? Then have you? I have, and I've done a couple of videos, and I tell you, I cannot tell the difference. I've tried uh, air playing them to my. 4k hdr television and it just crashed well it just crashed the phone yeah and it wouldn't airplay again until we started it <laughs> <laughs> i think that they've done something interesting with this dolby vision implementation apparently it's not uh the dolby vision that we have on uh blu-rays and uh you know netflix and things like that it's uh sounds like it's more of a hlg style hdr yeah what is it actually doing um because some films if i'm watching like disney plus or something like that you you can sort of tell the the popping and the vibrant colors and things yeah. like that but when i'm taking a, a a video it it doesn't translate like that for me i suppose the way i think about it is you've you've kind of got a wide color gamut which means that you can show more colors because obviously different um color specs have different range of colors that you can show and display so if you've got a wide color gamut you can show you know more colors you know more more extreme colors and then the high dynamic ranges you know how bright can something get 
uh, SDR standard dynamic range um, only has a certain amount of uh, brightness that's encoded into the video, whereas HDR will have, you know, a much greater degree of brightness capability in, in the video. So if you have a, a sun glinting off the bonnet of a car or you, you actually have the sun, you know, these highlights can now be super bright. And that kind of just helps fool your brain into thinking it's a little bit more real and a bit more attractive. Hmm. And also, I think that one of the bigger improvements, uh, which I'm not sure that you see on uh, mobile, but certainly do you remember things like that Game of Thrones episode that was super dark? And whenever you're watching a film and it's super dark and the channel that you're watching on it is quite heavily compressed and you get graininess and banding in the shadows. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I know what you mean. The new 4K formats, not necessarily the HDR aspect, but also uh, HDR plus the wide color gamut means that you're not going to get that banding. You're going to get less of that graininess potentially in those sort of dark scenes. You could be able to make more stuff out. So there's loads of benefits to be had by uh, HDR and wide color gamut. The It just sounds interesting, the implementation that they've done. If you can't just airplay it onto your Apple TV, onto your HDR compatible TV, because that's kind of the use case. If, if we can't support that, then we're a little bit stuck, aren't we? Maybe it's a, a maturity thing, a software maturity thing. So airplay, the Apple TV, they'll all get upgraded eventually and everything will hopefully just work apple style i think kev said it last night didn't he He said he's uh, had it where it just totally locks up and the screen is unresponsive i've had that so many times um i'll be in an app i'll be in messages you're touching the screen nothing happens you come out of the app and you can move around the interface you go back into messages the screen's locked up it's very buggy at the moment so um seems to be getting more of a theme doesn't it that uh apple's iphones and ios releases get a little bit are a little bit more buggy than they were a few years ago yeah on release anyway yeah i i think we'll probably see a patch for it and again i did you know i no one in our back channel replied to me today but i posted a video of um i did look at it could you see the flicker the black flicker i couldn't i couldn't i, I ah. so you had a uh, a video which had didn't have many shadows in and then you were saying, can you see the flickering in the shadows? Well, it was it was just flickering in generally. I, I mean, it, maybe it's uh, maybe it's a phone rendering issue and not the, on the actual video because I, I showed it to the wife and she she could see it. Um, we did have we did have some other flickering screens being demonstrated as well, didn't we? So I don't know. Maybe there's uh, something about the new screens that makes them a little bit more prone to flickering and. And, you know, having that sort of interference look. Yeah, I, I think it's just really, really sort of early days, isn't it, with the software? Yeah. Um, and, and we'll probably see it better. Uh, do you think you're going to get one, James? What's your take on it? So I think I'm fairly comfortable not getting one. I think I will put a new battery in my 11 Pro and just stick with that. I think that's really the very sensible thing to do. I'm semi-tempted with this Pro Max, but the thing is, you know, I'm not someone who enjoys huge phones. It was interesting that you brought up the 7 Plus and the, uh, those early Plus iPhones, because I did have those. Mm. Um, and I suppose I never really thought, oh, my God, this is way too big. And I always had them in cases and everything else. So maybe I'll give it a go. You know, I mean, I would be interested to see whether the additional uh, technology and the bigger sensor on the Pro Max results in nicer photos. But I kind of... I can imagine it'll be a bit like the um, 6 versus the 6 Plus. Actually determining the difference might be nay on impossible, you know. Yeah. Um, also, we haven't had those reviewed yet, have we? So we don't know um, whether they're going to work. And I think the way it works, you do get an opportunity to either not pre-order or to cancel your pre-order mm. whilst, the, whilst the reviews come out, haven't you? So maybe I'll do that. So just on that 4K 60 frames per second... Um, takes up 440 meg per minute. It says in the settings page. Right? Yeah, yeah that's so heavy, you, isn't it? Yeah, you need a you need a decent oh, a chunk of a uh, storage, don't you? Really, to be recording at that. I think I've I've generally been recording my videos at 1080 60, um, hmm. mainly because it's only the iPhones that do a decent 4K 60. Uh, I've got uh, 4K 60 on the Pixel Five and a couple of my LGs. Um, I know that uh, on a couple of the LGs, the results weren't great and just sticking to 1080, 60 seemed to be just the safest option. Um, 
I'll I'll have a play about with it on the uh, Pixel Five, but I haven't done that yet to see whether that's uh, you know getting really good footage. Um, yeah, but sort of that is the um, the Nirvana though HDR capture of 4K 60. It could potentially look very 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 nice. You'd need the right lighting, wouldn't you? You'd need a mobile yeah. rig. Let's be yeah, <laughs> yeah. You'd need one. You'd need a pretty strong light to uh, get much out of that or get the best out of that. But then you know. If you're out in the uh, sunshine in the summer, um, I can imagine some absolutely fantastic results coming off that. I said to you guys, haven't I, over the last couple of days, I said, so tell me what what's, what have I gained? And I know, obviously, it's my own problem. I, I upgraded and I'm, and I'm happy. I'm happy with my choice because I like having the new iPhone. What have I actually gained, though, from someone who hasn't done the upgrade yet from an 11 Pro to an, a 12 Pro or what? What have I actually gained? You've got a slightly bigger screen. A slightly bigger screen. And and I might even argue, and I, I don't know whether Richard has backed me up on this, but it does appear slightly better calibrated to the old one. Okay, um, yeah. It might be optics. It might be because it's less curved, maybe, for example. Well, that's another um, benefit, to be honest, a, a completely flat screen. Yeah, yeah, it is. Although it does catch lint very well. Oh, what, where the glass goes into the metal. Just in general, it's. I think it's because this is going to sound absolutely stupid, but maybe because it's flat, it's easier to stick to. Like, like, like you dust settling on a glass coffee table. It's easier if it's totally flat. <laughs> the middle bit's always <laughs> going to be flat, though, isn't it? So I don't know about that. When they added the pen support onto their iPads, the coating changed, and it didn't have as good an oleophobic layer. So you know, mm. you had like. The iPads, which didn't have the pen support, had pretty good uh, lack of fingerprints on the screen. And then as soon as you got to the um, the pen-supporting iPads, they all had smeary, greasy, messy screens. Yeah, now you've just got smeary, greasy, messy sides of the... Uh, of the phone. Yeah, I, I can stick it to a fridge. You've seen those pictures? Yeah, this is an... So let's touch on the MagSafe magnetic stuff then. So what's your take on this? So I haven't got the... So I went into the Apple store and I think I probably would have bought a MagSafe if I'd have... Um, if I'd have actually... If they'd have had some, but they said they were sold out. They said they were really popular. Um, it felt a bit weird, actually, snapping something magnetic onto a glass back. <laughs> it, do you know what I mean? It, yeah. It, it, it was a very violent sort of uh, suction. So I guess a lot of people use cases, but... Um, if you were to go sort of caseless, it's a very, very harsh force because there's no rubber gasket. I was going to say, isn't there like a, just a rubber ring on the charger? No, no. It's, I, I felt around the edge. There's, there's no rubber gasket at the edge. So, you know, like you get the Mophie oh, round ones and things. So that could scratch it then because it's, it's going to suck itself onto that glass panel. And if there's yeah. absolutely no rubber there or even like a bit of, you know, sometimes you get that sort of cloth stuff, don't you? If there's not none of that, then I would have thought that over time that's going to put some marks on there, I would have thought. And I think you would probably need the MagSafe because I've got, um, I, I think Rich Fletcher was saying, wasn't he, as well, he's had a bit of a hit and miss with wireless chargers. He put it on overnight and um, it didn't connect. My Mophie, um, I can't remember what it is, but it wasn't It wasn't cheap. It's like £50, pounds, £50, £60. Pounds. Um, it's the round one. I think it's the plus or something. Oh, yeah. Um, I put it on that. And it will start to charge five seconds later, disconnect. Oh dear. And I do it and I do it and I do it and it will totally, it will keep disconnecting. I'll go to my cheap sort of Chinese imported one that I got for like five pounds from Amazon years ago, place it on and it will start charging perfectly fine and it will continue to charge. I'll then take it off and I'll go over to the Mophie one again, place it down and it will start to charge and continue to charge. The mind boggles. I'll then take it off again, walk around a bit, and come back later on, and I've got the same problem with the Mophie charger again, uh, whereas it, it constantly just disconnects after, like, five seconds. So there's probably a huge compatibility issue with whatever's inside it and magnetic. I I, I, I don't even sort of claim to understand how what's going on, but I think MagSafe will probably be the only only way. And... I don't. It may just be an issue with the iOS at the moment, but I, you know, when they say that you put the cases on and things like that, you get sort of oh, the yeah. animation that tells you what color it is. Yeah. Well, I had that the first time I put it on, and I've put the case on several times since, and I don't see that. 
I was in the Apple store and I put the MagSafe on the back and I got the animation and I took it off. And then I put it on a few more times after that. No more animation. So there's, it's probably That's a combination a of software. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's not happening. There's a lot of videos on YouTube at the moment, isn't there, about the charging speed of that MagSafe versus other charging. But it's supposed to be fast, isn't it? 15 watt? Well, no. The ones that I've seen show that actually what happens is the iPhone pushes it down to like 1 watt, 2 watts. All right. And um, even less on a non-iPhone 12, on like an iPhone 11 or something. But yet when he puts it on like um, a another wireless charger, like a third-party one, then it, it starts to draw the correct amount. So I, I don't know what's happening, but I think all of it is probably software issue, to be fair. Yeah. Um, but they're probably not going to update it to talk to my Mophie, are they? Let's be honest. That's they probably might do, because they gone. sold that. If you're talking about the one that the Apple Store yeah, sold, then yeah. maybe they yeah. would respond to problems with it and that they would try and improve the compatibility if it is a you know is a software thing. I have to say, with when it comes to wireless chargers, I just use a very cheap Geotech charger and it's just worked and therefore I haven't changed it. And I've just used that for the last however many years, five years, um, just sits on my bedside table and I chuck phones on it. Generally speaking, it's pretty um, forgiving of where you put the phone on it. And um, I've got no need to replace it. If, it. if it's got enough strength, I think it might even just be 5 watts. Uh, I don't even think it's 7 or 10. But even if it's just trickling along at 5 watts, as long as it charges overnight in, you know, 6 hours, it's prob- probably in bed at least 6 hours. So what, why do I need uh, a better, a faster wireless charger? I just, I'm quite happy with my cheap Geotech one. Yeah, I, I don't get it either. And I'm, I'm with it, not and with your cheap one not being magnetic, it's not going to force itself through the back of the phone, is it? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> yeah, because you'll probably find you've got some like metal components in a in a wireless charger that happen to push or pull your iPhone in the correct, well, out of position if it's not an official uh, Apple charger. You risk. Um, it, you know, always, you know, moving itself off the sweet spot. Yeah, so my saying that, my iPhone battery has just died now, so it's been off charge since 6 o'clock this morning, and we just come up to 8 o'clock tonight, and I've had about 5 hours screen on time, so... That's not great, to be honest, is it? 5 hours screen on time, 3 hours screen off time, or however that translates. And I know that's not unexpected, and it's probably very similar to the 11 Pro, I am in possession of the Pixel 5, and that has got incredible battery life. When I went to bed last night, late, uh, put it on charge, it had 58% left. It's currently sat at 44, so I've obviously used it a bit more today. But yeah, you're going to do well to run out a Pixel 5 during the day. Yeah, I, again, it's, it's early days, isn't it, with the 12? Um, but <laughs> tests have shown that the batteries aren't as good, and I don't even have 5G. Oh, actually, officially, it's not as good, is it? Because if you actually look at the Apple specs, it gives one hour less on the um, you know video video watching time than the uh, 11 Pro. Yeah, it, it, I'll, I'll sum it up, James, and we can move on to the the, the Pixel um, quickly. Before I do sum up the case, I, I got I got a silicon case because I do use the case down the gym on it. It allows it to rest flat, if that makes sense. So yeah, if you're putting it in the dash of a car, it's not moving around and and all that sort of stuff. I don't like the way that it's got the MagSafe in because it sticks to everything, and everything I seem to put my phone on is metal. And it doesn't really happen without the case on, it's more with the case on. So this is what I don't get. The case itself actually sucks the phone into it? So the case is horrible. (laughs) So I I always buy the red silicon Apple case, Mm, yeah? mm. On all the previous ones, the bottom is exposed, yeah? So they've gone back to the old iPhone 5 style of case, where the whole of the phone is is enclosed. Okay, so in my head, I would prefer that, but carry on. But you try getting it out. Well, especially if there's a magnet sucking it to the back of it. Exactly. I take it out quite often because, like I said, I only put it in if I'm going to put it in the car or I'm going to go down the gym or something like that. So it's a nightmare to get out. And every time I seem to place it on anything, it sticks to it. I mean, it's probably good, actually, if I'm in down the gym, just get a bit of metal and stick it on it. But it, it just feels wrong sticking your phone to something. Um, I, I I will sum up though. I will sum up by saying um, it's as every bit as good as the iPhone 11 Pro. Um, it's basically just this year's version of the iPhone 11 Pro. Not a lot to it. Shape change, and if that's going to float your boat, brilliant. But if you've got an 11 Pro like myself, you probably should should maybe keep it. <laughs> Would you say that there's a noticeable improvement in 
either speed around the UI or any improvements that you've managed to notice so far in the in the camera, either focus speed with the LiDAR or better portraits or anything. Is there anything on the speed or the camera that you've said, okay, I can see that this is a notch better? No, no, no different. Although I have taken, I took, I've taken some pictures and the wife, and I've showed the wife and she's like, oh, they look really, really good. But then she's used mm. to taking them on her iPhone 11 with the LCD screen. And then she's looking at them on, a, on the AMOLED screen, isn't she? So yeah. they're going to look a little bit more popular. And, punch- and at the end of the day, it's it's the best camera phone you can get. Okay, we can argue about oh, yeah. some subtleties around pixels and, and iPhones. And uh, I think those are the only two players in the game, really, aren't they? But it's it's the best or the second best um, camera that you can get in a phone, isn't it? So it's, it's always going to look pretty good. It's the question is whether it looks better than the 11 Pro, which was already really good. And let's be honest, I got to stand in the Apple queue and have a, a female say, oh, is that the new iPhone? I had, I had the opportunity to say, yes, it is. So um, job done, eh? Well, I think that's justified the purchase price alone. Exactly. It, it was like, like I said, being a minor celebrity for maybe five <laughs> minutes. Ten seconds. Exactly. Tell me... T- Tell me, I was going to say, tell me quickly, or not so quickly, about your Pixel. So, you know that last time we spoke, I had the Pixel 4a, mm-hmm. and I was very, very happy with it. And, you know, my thoughts with it were, for the price that it was, 350 quid, it had made exactly the right compromises and um, selections and choices being put together. It was fantastic. Was that, so was that, the, that was the 4a, not the 4a 5G? Exactly, yeah, the 4a, the, yep. the, the little, the, the, little one although the size difference is marginal between um the 4a and the 5 but it was you know a really nice phone all of the pixel characteristics but cheap and all the compromises were the right compromises and you know basically the theory on the pixel 5 is well if you go up to 599 for the phone you then have to make you can make improvements in certain areas you still have to compromise a little bit from a flagship 1000 pound phone uh, but you can improve on the 4a in certain areas so it's got a better chip, it's got 5G, it's got a better screen, it's got the wide-angle camera, it's got wireless charging, it's got a slightly nicer chassis case because it's uh, metal uh, with a bit of a uh, bit of a sort of rubbery, painty coating on it, but it feels great. You know, all those upgrades I think are actually worth it. So I think the Pixel 5 is perfect for that price. You know, it's you look at the screen; it's got a better screen than the 4A. It's not got as good a screen as a top-end Samsung. You know, it's not as good a screen as a you know, Samsung Note. I actually think it's probably not even as good as a uh, you know an S10e, um, but it's great. It's a, it's a definite improvement on the screen or over the 4A. It's kind of it looks more vibrant, got more contrast. Uh, I think it's a little bit brighter. Uh, it's completely the bezel around it is completely symmetrical. So. The top bezel is exactly the same size as the bottom bezel. And I know that iPhones have had that uh, forever, but this, I think, is the first Android that's had it exactly the same size. They always seem to have a slightly uh, smaller top bezel than bottom bezel. And that that never really made sense to me. You, You could make them the same size, even if you made one bigger than it had to be. But nobody ever seemed to make the the top and bottom bezels the same size. But this Pixel 5 has got it. It looks great. Um, it's pretty much the same size as the 11, the 11 Pro. It's a good size of a, a phone to have. Yeah, there's nothing really to complain about it, given you know the the price and everything else. I think it's uh, it's absolutely brilliant. So, so my thoughts on the Pixel Five, from a total iPhone centric sort of point of view, is it is a phone that is very much punching above its weight. I I, I don't mean that necessarily in sort of value. What I mean is. Everybody is comparing that Pixel Five to the an iPhone, an iPhone Twelve, an iPhone yeah, Eleven. Yeah, yeah. They're comparing it. Yeah. I think it's. Um, I I would like to pick one up actually, to be fair, but I don't do Android, and it just sit on a table. I think Pixels, and I think that there is a little bit of competition from OnePlus for this award, but the Pixels are so responsive, and they have a similar level of delight when you're using the UI as an iPhone. Mm. Um, I probably wouldn't go as far to say that it does have as much um, delight as using an iPhone in terms of responsiveness and the, the, the feeling of direct manipulation of the UI elements. It's not quite as good as an iPhone, but it's pretty good. This Pixel feels great to use. So, yeah, I, I absolutely love it. And I, I, I wonder how well it will. It's going down a storm with geeks and, you know, our group mm. of friends. 
I wonder how well it'll go down generally, um, but it'll be fascinating uh, to find out. I have noticed a couple of little bugs with it. Um, it doesn't uh, send the metadata of what it's playing uh, through to my car stereo, which every other phone and iPhone that I have does. Um, that's just a bug that will get ironed out in a, a firmware update, I'm, I'm almost sure of. Uh, another one which is you get occasionally with Pixels and you really shouldn't is the OK Google and uh, Hey Google don't trigger that well. Okay, so it has just triggered there. Um, <laughs> but uh, that's because I was fixing it today because it wasn't uh, triggering properly. Um, you know, I had to sort of play about with the settings, turn them off, turn them back on again, re- reboot it, and then it started working again. But that's a little bit of an annoyance, but it was, you know, that's fine. Um, the other thing that I noticed that was slightly frustrating, and I don't know whether um, I'd probably have to test it out with other we probably like a Pixel 4 or something, although I don't have one. Um, when I take photos, I normally bash out half a dozen. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah. Almost like a burst, but I just do it with my, you know, I just take loads myself. Uh, and You've I'm noticing... a burst finger, effectively. Yeah, exactly. A manual burst. Um, and I notice it runs out of uh, juice after about four shots, and you have to wait for it to finish, you know, processing its queue of photos. And so I'm a little bit disappointed with that. Um it ha- hasn't resulted in me losing a shot yet, but uh, I have noticed that it won't uh, just infinitely take loads and loads of photos. I think generally I spot that when I'm doing a portrait photo. That might be part of it, but uh, it's annoying nonetheless. If you take so say if you take six photos, then does it only process the four? What happens to the two that you just won't? It won't register you pressing the shutter button. The shutter becomes unresponsive. So that must be a limitation of the processor. It must be trying to process that and throw it through its pipelines and all that sort of jazz. Yeah. Given that the, of the way that it works in terms of that it sort of takes the picture and then it applies a lot of processing onto it afterwards, mm. it kind of makes sense that you can only have a certain number of uh, photos being queued up at once whilst it's going through that. But um, it would be nice if it was a dozen rather than half a dozen or feels less than that to be honest i'd have to play to sort of see exactly where the limits are but yeah it's probably as i say it's probably a use case though that a lot of people don't run up against true yeah true Uh, have you have you tried um does it have a burst mode where you can hold the the shutter down and and it and it fires the but you know the iphone you can enable a burst mode if if it does it in a burst mode does it have the same I'm not sure that there's an easily accessible burst mode on this. I know um, our friend Mark was always distraught that they took it away from uh, a previous uh, version of the Pixel camera where you could just hold down the shutter button and it would do a burst. I guess Mm. they've taken it away for probably related reasons to why I've run into a problem with it recently on here, i.e. there's only a certain number of uh, photos it can handle in the pipeline at any one time. So having a burst mode, you're going to run up against that much more often. You're kind of advertising a limitation to your users by encouraging them to use that. So, um, yeah, I don't think there's a way of doing it without manually bashing the uh, shutter button, but happy to be corrected on that one. Bashing the button. But but overall, you're, you're happy. I certainly I certainly have seen in our sort of in our group that we chat in, everyone is sort of overjoyed with the Pixel 5. I think Gav's saying, you know, quoting crazy figures like he's going to keep it for the next 10 years and, and things like that. But um, I think I don't know. we can be fairly sceptical of that. <laughs> but I think there's no, yeah. there's no doubting that it's a really solid phone. What, I think it was a similar uh, thing with other Pixels is that there's nothing flashy about it. There's nothing hugely sexy about it. It just gets on and does its thing very nicely and very well. Um, you know, but it's... It's not flashy, and that might be its downfall, I think, um, if there is going to be a downfall or if people are going to get uh, bored with it uh, down the road. Or or it just, you know, inhibits its sales because apart from the camera, there's nothing too much sexy about it. So so one of its features, just like the iPhone 12, is is the, the 5G. Um, are you going to be using that? What's your thoughts on on the whole five G phone rollout thing? Have you have you? Because I, I know Richard can get it because he's sort of got a mast on his house. Yeah. Um, but I've I've been since I got the twelve. I, I've had a look on all networks around where I am, and it's not coming anytime soon. And no. That sort of that's a major push point, isn't it, for the iPhone? But I just did that. Was that a factor because you went from the, what the four to the 
4A wasn't the 4A doesn't have it, and the the 4A 5G has it, obviously, uh, and uh, the Pixel 5 has it. I've never seen the 5G light up, and I don't. I haven't currently. Well, my main sim's a Vodafone sim, and that hasn't got um, 5G activated on it uh, unless they've bundled it in there without telling me. Um, I've got my Sky sim in my Pixel 5 at the moment. And Sky does have some uh, 5G. Uh, I think it's on the O2 network, isn't it? Yeah. Um, but, you know, you search for that and it's not in Reading uh, at the moment. And um, I certainly haven't been anywhere where it is. Uh, oh, I think it's a I think it's a handy thing to have in there. Um, I wouldn't want to take it out if it's not damaging the battery life. And it doesn't seem to be having the same effect on battery life as the early 4G and the early 3G um, phones had problems with. Um, so yeah, I'm just looking forward to, uh, you know, the coverage improving really, which I think now that it's in the iPhone, I mean, the iPhone really does, you know, move markets like this, doesn't it? You know, I think we will, you know, 5G will now be a thing. Whereas up until this point, I know people say it has been, but it really will now start to become a thing. So I don't know whether this is a placebo or not, but I, I've done a lot of reading that they've replaced the Intel modems with the Snapdragon modems in the new yeah. iPhone. And I did a speed test, I think, this morning, and I'm getting 90 meg down from inside my house, where previously I wasn't getting that. And again, they might have just come along and fix the mast. I don't know, um, wow. but it, it does it does appear better. Um, so that's just on 4G. That's interesting. I wonder if, um, yeah, I wonder if they've if this year they've gone fully Qualcomm radios because I think that uh, the way it works on Android is the top end one, the eight six five silicon. The five G modem is still separate. Uh, I know it's built in on the one on the Pixel five, the seven six five, but um, I would have thought that the the in the iPhone they would have kept wanting to refine their own modem. And because um, it's, it, you know, they bought the Intel modem business, didn't they? So I would have thought they would have wanted to kept refining their 4G modem and just tack on a Qualcomm 5G on top. But yeah, they might have just this year said, oh, OK, we'll just chuck Qualcomm in soup to nuts on the radio. Yeah, so they've gone within the iPhone, they've gone for the uh, Snapdragon X55 5G. Um, so that's in all of them. And I'm just looking now and it does support LTE 3G too. So it's the whole range in there. Oh, right. Okay. I thought that, that when they did it on the um, 865, it was just the 5G that was on a separate chip. But it's basically the 4G and the 5G then. Potentially. Yes. Yeah. So looking at the spec here, what the 5G, obviously we don't have this in the UK, but they've got the millimeter wave, sub six, TDD and FDD. Um, I know what TDD and FDD are. Um, I could give you a lesson if you like, James. But um, so, yeah, sounds great. So, so yeah, but I won't. Um, but the four G as well. It says LTE Cat twenty two. Um, okay, whatever that, whatever that is. So it seems to support it all. To be to be fair. So I, I again, it might be a placebo. The five G uh, infrastructure certainly on the on some of them uses four uh, G still for uploads. I don't know if that's the the case with the five uh, G that we get in uh, Europe and UK, but. Yeah, it, so the there's the 5G TDD and the FDD, one, so the difference between the TDD and the FDD is one has a dedicated upload channel and one has a dedicated downlink channel, and one is, it just shares the medium for either uplink or downlink, if that makes sense. Okay. Um, so it's quite, a, looking at the spec on that, it's a pretty, uh, pretty good piece of kit, um, but I won't, I won't, I won't go too geeky on everyone, but it looks quite good, looks quite good. Now, again, it possibly could be the biggest placebo in the world, and they might have just fixed my mask next to my house, but um, it does appear faster. So the other thing that I was going to uh, touch on is what's your TV audio setup like? So you mentioned you've got 4K HDR TV. What's your audio setup? <clears throat> it is uh, just from the te television, James. What? <laughs> Are you joking me? No, no, just from the uh, television, yeah. So I'll give you a bit of back history. Once upon a time, I was cool. So maybe like 10 years ago, I used to have okay. the whole surround sound system at the back of the sofa. And gradually the wife got more and more annoyed with having um, speakers in her ears from behind. So then the rear speakers disappeared. And then I just had sort of the stereo paired with the center channel. 
And then as we subsequently moved into new houses, I couldn't be bothered to put them out and she didn't want these monstrous speakers kicking around. So now we uh, just sort of... And since the, the little lad put a car through the last television, we now just literally are on speaker TV. Ah, okay. So as you know, I'm on holiday at the moment and uh, the holiday is just a rented cottage in the middle of nowhere. So it's quite a nice, pleasant holiday. But I knew that there wasn't going to be a huge amount to do. So I thought, well, let's see what the TV setup is, you know, because you don't want to be stuck with a tiny TV if you're going to be watching lots of um, films and, you know, TV programs and stuff. Uh, Which, you know, again, it's classic holiday activity, that, isn't it? Watching TV. But, uh, you know, you're with your family and you want to sort of uh, share some quality time with them. So I was looking around the um, specs of the house and uh, it said that they had a 65-inch TV. Hmm, And so I looked looked at the pictures and I sort of tried to determine exactly what make and model it was because obviously that wasn't specified. And um, I sort of saw saw that it was a high-sense TV through a bit of deduction on the styling and everything like that. So I knew that it was going to be okay. It's going to be fairly decent. I actually thought it was going to be a little bit better than it was when I actually turned up here. It was a slightly lesser model, but it looks identical. But it's good. It's got uh, it's a 4K screen. It's got HDR. Um, it's got a picture. <laughs> it's got a picture. Um, but I was thinking, you know, do you really want to just watch TV and just have the TV output, TV sound, you know, do a Dave Rich, if you will, uh, when you're oh, watching Oh, you know, is, that, is, that, the, is that the new phase, is it? Do a Dave Rich. That's the... That's the new term, yeah. <laughs> I do have the television in, in warm-out mode. Come on. Okay, well, that's quite cool. Uh, so I thought, okay, well, what I'm going to have to do is I'm going to have to get a... I'm going to have to upgrade the audio for this thing. So I know that I'm only going to be there for a week, but um, I can then keep it and use it either, you know, in another room uh, in my house or I could just sort of uh, keep it for when I'm sort of visiting places that I know isn't going to have a good enough um, audio. So... I obviously wasn't just going to get a soundbar because that's not really going to be massively a massive improvement or just on the sound coming out the TV. Um, and actually, when on arrival, the sound out the TV actually isn't too bad. Uh, obviously, it's just stereo, but it's not too bad. As I said, well, I could, I kind of what I could do is just get um, you can get these sort of uh, 5.1 surround sound kits. You have a subwoofer with all of the electronics in and uh, it's got the amplifier built into it for all the satellite speakers, uh, and you can just go that route. Uh, so I've, I actually use one of these kits for my PC. It's the Logitech Z906, I think, and it's on sale a lot in Amazon. I do strongly recommend it. Um, so I was thinking, well, I could just sort of rip that out of my uh, study and just sort of take that down. But then I had a little look, and there seemed to be quite an elegant solution that Sony were doing, which was a a sound bar, a subwoofer, and a couple of satellite surround. Hmm. So okay, well I'll have a um, I'll have a little uh, look at this. And so I, I I bought it. I got it with some money off vouchers through my work scheme. And I also you know because people like Kev and Richard are always talking about these cashback sites. I actually started using Top Cashback, and um, I'd actually managed to collect up uh, quite a lot of money to spend. And you can cash that in for a John Lewis voucher. I get money off John Lewis through work as well. So. It came in at sort of uh, only just a little bit over £100 for this £200 speaker set. I got it all out uh, when we arrived. And first impressions are pretty good. It's got a pretty good sound. I did have um, one slight panic in that uh, I was starting to think, because I couldn't get it. I was was setting it up. And I don't know if you've ever had um, surround sound. Actually getting it set up is not always totally trivial and straightforward sometimes it takes a little bit of fiddling with settings in the tv and settings uh, on your amplifier for instance or whatever to try and get the surround sound working and i was really worried at one point that um it wasn't actually properly decoding the signal that it was getting and that it was just improvising what it thought the surround sounds should be does that make sense i, I totally feel the pain on that yeah and also obviously if you feed it if it's only operating in stereo and it's just deciding itself to arbitrarily put some backgroundy noise into the back, it's very difficult to actually tell. So I got this test pattern up and running that tests all of the speakers separately. And it wasn't playing the rear ones discreetly. It was sharing them across the front and the rear. 
And I sort of, sort of was panicking here and I was thinking, oh God, and I haven't spent a million pounds on this, but this setup is is rubbish. It's just basically it's five speakers, but they're all basically playing the same thing, you know, so it's not giving you that real, you know, spatial effect that is rear stuff is going to the rear and the speech is coming out the centre. I thought basically it was just like a really cheap, dodgy system that wasn't giving what it what it should be giving. So anyway, it I think what must have happened is that that test, that particular test that I was running was wrong and it, it wasn't understanding, something was going wrong, it wasn't understanding the audio. So I played another one and it was coming through discreetly on all the channels. I thought, oh, thank God, it is taking the Dolby Digital 5.1 surround sound and it is allocating all of the channels correctly into all of the speakers. So panic over. Um, it's it's very simple on the uh, feature set in terms of what it does, but it does everything you need it to do. It's the uh, Sony HT-S20R and it's kind of like their, it's certainly their bottom of the range uh, 5.1 surround sound soundbar, but it's much better sound than you're going to get off a TV speaker. You know, it's almost as good as, you know, having a separate amp and having your five speakers connected through to this massive AV uh, amplifier. Obviously, it's not quite as good as that. It's not quite as loud. It's not quite as full of sound. But yeah, it's really impressive. And for just watching um, videos and and movies uh, in front of this uh, TV screen, I think it's really transformational in terms of uh you know you're getting that full surround sound from it so i'm really happy with it and especially considering it's just for holiday <laughs> well yeah i do now need to find a use for it once i get home but uh it's pretty good um the other good thing is because it's a you know sony it's a well designed so all of the uh speakers uh, connect into the subwoofer which is, has got the amplifier in as well with different color plugs so you're never going to get the um, speakers mixed up no it sounds good it, um what sort of space is it serving it's a massive room so it is being pushed to the limit i think um it's a huge sitting room that, that they've got but it's just about coping i would say hmm, that's all right and um i'm sat in a separate room and just before i, I started recording the podcast now i was getting a real but you know, boom from the subwoofer. So I had to go down there and um, it's got a night mode, turn the night mode on, you know, everyone's continuing to watch a film down there and you know, the boom is taken out of the, uh, of the subwoofer. So it's got enough features that you need. It doesn't seem to have a, it doesn't seem to have loads of features, but it's got the basics. Sounds good. Definitely, definitely worth, uh, worth the investment for your holiday then. Yeah, <laughs> Just exactly. tag it on the total cost. Exactly. But because I got such a discount on it, if I was to uh, sell it on when I got back, I'd get my money back on it. Um, I'm pretty mm. confident of that. We'll, we'll we'll have a chat so that my kids can throw it through the television. Yeah, well, I suppose um, it, the soundbar itself makes quite a good weapon to destroy a TV. I would think. Frozen in surround sound. It sounds like it might be the way forward. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> okay, we'll have a uh, a good evening and a good week, Dave, and uh, catch up soon. Enjoy your holiday, James. Speak to you soon. Cheers, buddy. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye.